three, two, one. Okay. Hello. Mic check one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Yes, yes. All right, baby. Welcome back. Welcome back to another Feel the Night podcast with your boy, DJ B-Boy. DJ Maravilla. And we have a special guest. Hi, guys. His name is Sebastian <laughs> Taco. You guys might know him as Muñeco, the white boy, and the white Ecuadorian. I don't even know what you guys call him in the streets, but he is Sebastian Taco. You guys probably saw him on the live a couple times on my Instagram. The hookah. Yeah, the hookah yeah. guy. Thanks for having me on, guys. And hookah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what we're doing now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's what we're doing right now. Gotta pay the bills, bro. Mm. I right. mean, I heard a lot of people were disappointed with that twerking a couple, couple weeks ago. Hey, look, out. man, I have no ass, so they got what they got. <laughs> no tiene largas. I heard a lot of people saved the video, though, so I don't know. Yo, that thing was shared on Instagram I don't know how many times, but... Hey, look, man. Yo, you famous, yo. Yeah, you, you got a little a little uh, Instagram famous there, buddy. A little fan club. Mm-hmm. Little booties yeah. matter, man. Little booties matter. Ecuadorian booties matter. <laughs> now, nah, let's be inclusive. All little booties. Como es. Forever. Rico, pero sabroso. Uh, no, go, gordo, pero sabroso. Oh, no. That's your brother. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Oh, man. No, no. For me, chiquito. Okay. Oh, y'all been wilding. So, uh, it's been two months. If you want to if you wanna put it on that aspect. It's been like what two months since we last did one of these. Yeah, the two months when you were on a special guest with us and DJ Bar. Yeah, yeah we spoke about the whole coronavirus and uh, how uh, DJ is gonna do all this and all that. And yeah. Bar talked about you know the whole taxing thing and yeah, yeah. You guys could go check up check that out on episode two, episode three, or episode two, episode oh, three. three. Okay, three. so it's three. Um, so yeah, um. So a lot of cha- well, technically, a lot has changed in the last two months because now, like you know, things are kind of slowly starting to open up. So you know, people don't know how to act because you could still go to Walmart, you still go to Target, still and go to nobody Best Buy. are wearing masks. No, it's not even that. It's gloves all over the fucking floor. Oh, yeah. What yo? I was literally at the Walmart in Union yesterday. <clears throat> it looked like a landfill because every parking spot had gloves all over the floor. All over the freaking the lawns, the hedges, trees, whatever you want to call it. Yo, people literally don't know how to act civilized. Nope. People are just gross. That, that's it. They're just gross. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Bien, muy bien. Anyways. Get your mans, Maravilla. Get your mans. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. No. Anyways. Um, so... I think we just go get straight into it. Um, you know, we got a lot of topics in hand. So, fuck it. All right. So, it's May 27th. And during this Memorial Day weekend, what was it? Monday? Monday. The 25th, right? Yes. All right. So, 25th, there was a um, podcast happening on Instagram Live. I don't know if most of you guys know who Frikiao is. But he's a, I would say, a old school DJ who is now an MC, I believe. Promoter. Promoter MC. All right, so let <laughs> before it's, it's we get Chris yeah. Frikao goes to free promo. So if you don't know anything about Frikao, he's one of the OGs in the game. Right. Uh, he was an all-star DJ. He moved into promoting and emceeing. Right. Um, so his podcast, actually called Apkel Podcast, it was this on podcast, Monday. Yeah. Uh, it actually came about a discussion between club owners, promoters, uh, the difference between what promoters and the responsibilities are, what they should be. <laughs> Also, what owners are willing to give up and are not willing to give up. Yeah. And that's kind of how it got about. So we had the panel was supposed to be 
three owners and three promoters. One uh, chicken out. Last minute, not two <laughs> fell out. I'm not sure what happened with two fell out. I know with Puff, um, something happened with his business. I wasn't talking about him. Um, no, Terry was supposed to be on too. Terry from. Oh, Bobby. I thought I thought Carlitos was. No, nah, Carlitos actually never agreed to it. Oh, I, I was talking about Carlitos. My bad. Carlitos said he had to work. He had to do something. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> I, oh no. Like for me, like I was very interested to see the different, I guess, discussion points. But for me personally, it was very disappointing. Why? Um, I was expecting it to be actually like an insightful conversation and to maybe get, be able to see the other side of the of the business, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of promoters have been in the game for a while. Um, owners too, especially some of the owners that they had on on the actual podcast. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was more like it, it went from supposed to being an insightful conversation and opening up the floor for everyone to be able to speak and share, um, you know, what they feel in the business. And for me, it ended up being just kind of a dick contest. Yeah, it was a it was a one sided thing because I watched the thing, and I mean, I didn't see it on Monday. I did watch it yesterday. I mean, it was about three and a half hours worth of yep. conversation. But in reality, if you think about it, it was just it was one sided bashing because, you know, it's it, it it was like a lot of the old school guys on there. You know, the promoter. Okay, well, first off, before, I'm sorry. Before we get into it, let's talk about the people that were on it, who, who so, were on it. So we had Eddie G. Okay. We had uh, Frikiao. We had Negro. Uh-huh. Uh, we had che. che. And then we had um, Giovanni Martinez. Giovanni Martinez. All right. Okay. So let's, I think we should do a little breakdown of who those people are for everyone that's listening and aren't necessarily familiar. All right. Keep it five seconds. With, with the industry. Eddie G, he's the owner of Barcode, partial owner of Lobby, Lit 21, Chupitos. Then we have uh, Giovanni Martinez, who has done almost everything in the business. Hookah's promoting everything. He currently owns. Aruba Lounge in Clifton and mm-hmm. Aruba Shop Bars in Patterson, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Then we had on the promoter side, we had Che from Red Entertainment. Which is. I'm not familiar with the guy. He, um, he works for uh, Silk in uh, New York City, a yeah. strip club. Silk City. So manager. So he, yeah. he yeah. did explain in between the conversation why yeah. he moved from promoting to management side. And then we had Negro's Party. Negro's Party is a promoter who, you know. He works at Equis as yeah. I think street team. Right? Street team. But so he's, yeah. been, he's been around for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I used to work with him. Exactly. That's someone that grew his promoting business into something more and it's currently like you mentioned he's in a radio station 96.3 yeah Yeah. okay so i mean kind of getting like the 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 gifs that i've gotten like got into that conversation because i also wanted to see what the difference was because there is sometimes like i said there is sometimes there are promoters that just go just to to really just to cloud chase if you really want to call it on that way there's some promoters that go out on cloud chase because i don't really you don't see much promoters that that actually put in the work, that actually bring people, that actually book VIPs, that that you know bring people to this party. No matter where this place could be, it could be a hole in the wall. It could be the nicest venue, right? But sometimes there's a difference. Like they were saying, there's a difference of the club bringing people, and then there's the promoter bringing people. Yeah. Like if the club is already established and the club is doing the numbers by itself, what does the promoter have to offer? That can bring that extra 100, 200 people. That extra, hoof, that, okay. that consistency. So, as a promoter, you know, you guys are DJs, and I don't, you know, I don't speak on DJ things because I don't know, but my, from my perspective, a promoter is, it's a very um, hand in hand, like business collaboration, right? So, for me, what I disagree with Eddie Gion was the fact that he felt like it was just his businesses flourishing on their own and all of his experience in the game. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned, like we spoke before the podcast. Look, man, you got to give credit where it's due, right? Yep, true. Edigy has worked hard, and there's a lot of innovation in how he runs his businesses. Yep. However, 
a lot of his parties that needed rejuvenation and that jumpstart were done by promoters. When he first opened Barcode, it wasn't Barcode, you know, how it is now. It was just Gogo Wongo remodeled, right? Yeah. They knocked down some walls, like, and that's everything that I heard. Before I even stepped in Barcode, I didn't go to the grand opening. I wasn't there until I was actually hired to be a sub-promoter under Chino Party Kings, you know? And because Barcode grew into the monster that it is now, taking that... I guess cloud and that much like hype over it when lit 21 was opened you know there was a lot of hype behind it but still there was promoters who jumped in at the beginning of course i was part did. of that team with yeah. the nation yeah so i was the entertainment team we all jumped on yeah you know and that was in our city you know i right now right now i believe in bluefield but i'm from newark you know all my people that were coming they were like yeah it was one of the g spots but it was still before that it was about three businesses that failed in the same venue you know, you had a Mexican spot, then you had Mr. Uh, Adams. Mr. Adams. Mr. Adams. And uh, there was another place before it that yeah. didn't really flourish, right? Yeah, yeah, no. no. But when they brought us in, we we're bringing our people. We were vouching for the venue, you know, regardless of it being an Eddie G venue or Eddie G Corporation venue, we were still vouching for that. So there was a lot of momentum from our end to get the business into being what it became. And I felt like Eddie, and someone did mention that in the comments. Eddie forgets that, that, you know, that his businesses didn't just grow on their own. There was a lot of... That'll help from everybody, you know? Yeah. And but even I kind of want to elaborate, too, because <laughs> I think even um, when Frickel had the um, the owner of the Patterson and the Queens, Mama Juana, call in and chime in. And I think oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. kind of put his yeah. two cents, too. But he, I think in the sense of the same way as well, he goes that you need promoter and the club owner to work together yep. because you can't flourish. You can't flourish. Let's go back to when you did uh, the Mama Juana in West New York that first night. You brought in a lot of people. That was that your first birthday, night. right? Yeah. Your birthday. Yeah. Birthday night. But you brought in a lot of people, despite that, you know, whatever the agreement was of the time to be open to, a lot of people came out that night. Yeah. And not even for your birthday, you know, it was just one of those things that people were like, yo, we need to check this place out. It wasn't the club's help. It was mostly, well, Promo- at the times, the promoter was just yeah. Sebastian's help. But because you even think about it, too, that place had a name, had a bad name for itself with the previous nightclub name. Yeah, La Patrona. Oh, so okay. that yeah, that's right. That's people right. had, people were like, oh, wow, that's the so, same place. So, yeah. The one thing that I feel like going back to what you were mentioning about a lot of cloud chasing with promoters, some promoters get soaked up in working for these big venues and just kind of like instead of them promoting themselves, it's more like, oh, hey, I work here. Like you have to come here because it's this place. Yeah. What has worked for me is it doesn't matter what location or wherever I take my party. They come from me and the party that I bring. Obviously, just not me, Sebastian, my team, the DJs that I bring, the kind of vibe that we bring to, you know, anyone that will party with us in Coco Havana knew that that party was like the vibe, you know, it was a good time every single week, whether we had snow, whether we had rain, whether it was packed, whether it wasn't as packed, you know, but for me, it was that I was promoting myself. It was never about the venue. I could throw a party in the backyard and because it's the vibe that we bring, the kind of music that we bring, the kind of environment and ambiance that we create, which is something that Negro did touch mm-hmm. on. That's what I'm selling. I'm not selling the venue. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But like how, um, who was it? Uh, uh, Jonathan, who's it? Thomas? Yeah, Tom, uh, Thomas Jonathan. Thomas yeah. Jonathan. The way he, he explained how he works, it's like he wants to, you know, be different from every promoter. So he does his own thing, but he also greets his people. He gets to know his people. And that's know. and I think that's a lot of things that a lot of promoters are missing out is the fact that a lot of them don't greet the people they meet, even if it's and I've and I've and I've seen it from you just even from afar that you'll go and even people that you've never met when we were at Coco, you would go, Hey, how you doing? 
You want to take some you shots? You want to take a shot? Simple. Yo, let's go to the bar. What's your yeah. name? But it's a simple interaction because that's yeah. something that people establish. Like, oh, wow, like this person just isn't the promoter. He's here to he's here to host. He's here to greet. He there wants to go. make sure that I'm coming back every week and that people are feel comfortable. Yep, and absolutely. I think that's what we established at, at Coco. Mm-hmm. So at, if if we're looking at that aspect of of like something that I like about, for example, Hoboken is that it's hospitality, right? For us, it's not promoting. It's hospitality. It's the way that they speak on it. It's something that the very village really does bring to the table how you approach it. So the most successful promoters that I've seen are people who are actually workers in their party, right? There's promoters who get there late, who jump on a table, get on a couch, and just pop bottles. Yeah. Maybe a come bottle from the club. Uh-huh. Get a free hookah. You know? and they, but then you have promoters who get there early, who make sure everything's running smoothly, who's running around. There's some parties that I actually can tell you I haven't enjoyed because- Everybody else was enjoying it, but I had to make sure that, you know, maybe I'm going to check up with me. Hey, how are you? Like, yo, we've been waiting like half an hour for a bottle. I'm like, I'll check up on that. Yep. Things of that sort, especially because you, you want a big, a big payout. You know, and it has to run smoothly on the bar, on the bottles, and on the ambience, especially if it's going to be a continuing party. Of course. So with, with Thomas, um, Jonathan said, I agree with that as well. Like, for me, it's the same thing. For me, it's not the venue. It's just my party. It's me and where I'm going. Um, like I mentioned when I was with Negro's party, like, how you guys know, I've been to multiple venues yep. and, you know, and like at that point they're hiring me because of what we bring, the ambience and the party that we bring. Um, so again, it's not about the venue. Obviously if it's a venue that already has a hype and you just need that extra push, it does, it might help a little bit, but obviously you should never just fully rely on the venue. On the club itself. Yes. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, look, even becoming, even before coming to DJ, I was a promoter and, you know, you used to be part of, I guess my, my first you were part of my client and then you were part of my team. And you knew that every time you would come to my parties, it used to be nice. What we do, we would do Patter I was mostly in Patterson and then I brought you in Newark. And that's when you branched out to yourself. Yo, can we drop the crickets real quick? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. You know, um, and, and so I got the whole whole situation and I got like I got I always took care of my people. You know, if you guys needed anything, I always was there. Uh, when it came to prices, you know, I always try to um, work around with the owners or the promoters, you know, but and that's the thing. And to justify that, it's like that's the difference between promoter and host. You know, you are a promoter because you stick your neck out for everybody. Now, oh, yeah, I, would, I do not want to name people, but there are some hosts who just show up, sit down and just enjoy the moment. You know, like they get paid just for sitting there. Basically, what a flat. A hundred dollar flat right, so or, or 150 flat just for doing nothing. So before we go on, we could drop names or we could keep it anonymous. It's it's all the same to me. Yeah, at this point. Actually, at this point, I don't even care. Yo, you know just what? Yo, right. we're going to just name just drop, drop because, because at this, yeah. at this, you know what this thing at, the, at this point, though? They already spoke about it anyway. Right, they so spoke look, about it. <laughs> and for me, it's about no free cloud. I'm not going to I'm going to I'm not going to hype you up of something so little. So obviously, for those that saw for the gals podcast that were there, uh, one of the highlights of the night. We're was, roasting my man Wilson. Man. Uh, Giovanni Martinez saying that no, that Wilson Travisud is not a promoter; that he's a host. He's a host, and a lot of people were like, "Oh my god!" Uh, but that's his homeboy. Like, yeah, when Travisud. But that's the thing. No, 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 no. That's that's my stuff. The thing is, Giovanni meant it, and in a way, like Wilson acknowledged it. You know, trying to like be funny and shit. Like, yeah, I'm a host. I'm a host. <clears throat> but working with him, he is a host. You know, like me and him may not see eye to eye. You know, with me, it's not beef with anybody, but. Business you know, we, 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 serve, yeah. we, we really don't see eye to eye. However, Ooh, I, seen that. I, I have to give it to him. He is a good host, you know, in the sense that he makes people feel welcomed. 
you know, you know, Chapeto, so it works out for him too because he gets, you know, a little bit of the free bottles. Oh God! But part of that, like, I guess I I do see what his like um, what he's Genesis acquires, right? It's his thing. Like, yeah. that's his thing. You know, he he is a good host. That I can't take that away from him. He's a good host. You know, but it also like goes back to what Giovanni said. You know, before he got trashed, that you know, it really does. It, it really comes down to what you want. You know, he said Wilson is good as where he at. He doesn't want more than that. You know, for me personally. His I do feel is, like his ambition is small. Like I, I, I mean, mean that's, I, that's look. No one's ever gonna have the mentality of a businessman. You know, like some people are okay being there. You know, like they don't want their full responsibility. They don't want that pressure, so, which is understandable. Yes. So, but my thing with him is, I don't think it's. Yeah, you're right. Being an owner is a lot more responsibility, and at that point, it does take some of the fun out of it, which I think. My, I, I can't speak for him. You know what I'm saying? No. But, but also, like, he's not like a 20 year old promoter. You know, he's up there. So at this point, he might be more comfortable being a host, which is cool too. Because being a promoter is hard work. You have to bust your ass, depending on you what your deal is. You know, you're getting a percentage. You have to make sure that bar is running. You have to make sure you're getting people in order to spend that money. If you're getting a fly and you're good with your fly and just chilling, that's cool too. You know, I'm not gonna knock anybody's hustle. But like for me personally, I always knew I wanted my business to elevate and be more than that yeah. so for me it wasn't so much hosting but it was the part of the hospitality aspect of it which we discussed right so there's a conversation i want to have because i think this one is very important as well and not only with the um the club owner promoter relationship the promoter dj relationship because i think that's also just another big aspect to the whole team in itself so my personal experience that i've had so when i started and I understand when you first start, you know what I mean? You kind of get you kind of get bitched a little bit because you're mm-hmm. not this person that people know who you are. So there's a venue that I used to work at. I mean, no longer. It, they, it's been there for like 15 years. They closed down. Um, and when I first started doing it, I used to get, um, for a whole night, I used to get, um, I think it was like 250 it's From very, opening that, to closing. That's opening low. to closing. That's so low. From 10 to 2. So low. Which, at the beginning, okay, I just started. But in, in my, but in my experience, though, I was resident there for three years. In the three years, the place went from, the, the vibe was very Spanish. It was very Mexican-based. Okay. In that three-year span, it went from Mexican to Latin to open format. So where now you started getting Brazilians blacks caribbean white people and i was like yo like you gotta pay me a little bit more because i just changed the ambience the bar's making more money the the bar's making more money the door's making more money so i'm just like yo like i think i deserve a raise where i should be getting paid more because now people actually want to come back to this spot people when uh, people when they first were here they were like oh it's mexican night there even though it was a (laughs) saturday but the crowd and i love my mexican people but the genre and then what you can play because they always wanted Mexican very music. Very limited, yeah. It's very limited. <clears throat> but the transition from, you know, just being Mexican to then going to an open format where you're playing hip-hop, where you're playing house, where you're playing reggaeton, you're playing dembo, it's it's two different things. Oh, of course. It's definitely rough to do that as well. So congrats to you for making that happen. But so, you know, you being a promoter, and I know you're very particular on who you like to work with just because, again, going back to the way you like your parties to be, the way you like your vibe to be, you know, how do you think one for a DJ trying to get into that, that, that relationship with a promoter, 
how do you think that kind of just one trying to introduce yourself to yeah. the promoter and trying and then two once you get that relationship maintaining that relationship with a promoter okay so you, touching, go, you go and then i'll go touching up on the first thing that you said that you kind of get bitched i don't think that's what it is so actually djj touched up on this when he went on with negro you have to pay your dues which yep. is i strongly believe that. which is un- I, I completely understand you know, that. even as a I promoter that. yeah yep. even as a promoter when i first started i used to get a tally i used to get my five dollars per person yep um you know shout out to milton and rnm i used to bring and to a, me a shit ton of people and it got to the point that you know milton i remember my, my deal i used to get five dollars per person once i hit 15 people i'd automatically get 150 dollars flat and then seven after that Damn. so you know milton knew how to motivate his promoters to want to hit at least that 15 people you know and in that sense they were covering whatever the pay was for me and then they were spending money at the bar all right yeah. so i paid my dues to the point now where I, I you know i'm very grateful that i do get paid a good amount and it's minimal work so what, what i mentioned before <laughs> when negro 2 was working smarter not harder of course going back to the dj thing um i do believe to pay your dues especially for for promoters, a little bit easier, I think, depending on the kind of person that you are. Honestly, there's promoters who are just kind of cute, I guess, and they kind of get into business. For me, that was it. You know, Milton used to always tell me, you're a good-looking kid. I feel like you're going to bring me girls. And that's what Milton used to tell me. That's how the nickname Muñeco started. Because they're like, oh, you're so cute. You're like a muñeco. That's funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was... Tranqui, tranqui, baby, tranqui. Don't hype my boy out. Come on, man. So that's how it started, right? Um, for DJs, it's a lot more steps. So, right for me, it was I knew a promoter, which was Big Boy at the time. Mm-hmm. He was a promoter. He introduced me to a promoter. Mm-hmm. I got interested in it. He offered me a deal, and I started. You know, the rest is history. Now, for DJs, it's a lot harder because you one have to also know people in the industry. Yep, uh, it's very rare for you to be a you know not to offend anybody, but to be a nobody, come off the street and be like, hey, I want to play here, and we'll be like, yeah, sure. Like, when can you start? Um, so it's a lot harder for DJs to get into the scene, absolutely. And there's a lot of scrutiny on first, you know, who you are, where are you from, where are you from, what kind of, you know, what kind of people Music will you bring to my yeah, party, right, right, right. and also what kind of DJ are you? Yep. So, you know, so like, uh, are you a Latin DJ? Are you a performant DJ? Like right now, every DJ is a performant DJ because you have to be. Yep. Right before, like, I'm, when when hip hop was really big or when house was really big, you had to try to cater to that. But now because the Latin community has grown so much and because the genre of music has grown so much, reggaeton is now global. You know, Latin trap is global. You know, Bad Bunny, J Balvin, all of those artists made the genres grow so much that now if you don't know how to play any of that or even Dembo, you know, once you had, like once the genre started crossing over when you had like Rafa, Little Pump, things of that sort, and you had Dembo artists making songs with Steve Aoki, you know, like, when those kind of genres become global, you have to know how to play that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if not, if you put yourself in a hole, if I'm just a house DJ, then you better go find some house clubs because if not... No one's going to hire you. Yeah, the bigger clubs are open format. Yeah. Um, for me, as a, as a honestly, like you said, it's very hard to get in with me only because I have my people that I like to work with. And it, it, it wasn't easy it wasn't easy even i got the iffy because you were just like mm. yeah, yeah look at first and that brian had a vouch for me of course he had yeah. to vouch for it and, and here's the thing look even be, even when i first started at rio uh, milton gave me the opportunity but no one really wanted to work with me so i worked on myself i i, I 
pushed myself. I got my mixes right until people started noticing more, mm -hmm. noticing me more. And after that, I started noticing him too. And then we just got along. Like it, it just went organically. Oh, so, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to piss on your Cheerios, really? but something that did help you was being related to Manny. Because Manny J yeah. was very well yes, known. Yes, but I never, but, but you, I never do that to people. You're right. I never do that. I understand that, but it did help you, which we have to acknowledge as part of knowing somebody. They thought the I tree. was Manny who was skinny. It's not Manny lost weight. They're like, Wait, yo, what? Manny, are you, uh, oh, Manny no. how are you? I'm like, I'm not Manny. He's like, Manny, no, no me jodas. I'm like, I'm not Manny, dude. But wait, I have to also give you credit because you went from being Manny J's little brother to, to being like, this powerhouse DJ, DJ B-Boy, who yeah. you, get, you get love and props from everybody. And I have to give you that because there's people that I don't fuck with. Yep. They don't fuck with me. And if we walk in together, they'll still show your respect. Hey, people, how you doing? They'll look at me. I look at them, oh, and yeah. our it's heads been, will be it's like, been "Fuck so you!" So many times, and so and, and we keep it moving. You Tension. know what I mean? Oof. You could cut that. So, oh no! From like, if we're going off like starting off, like there wasn't an a push on your end also because you started as a DJ. You didn't just walk off of the street like, "Hey, can I get on and play something?" You know, so right. that's that's an aspect of it, right? You know, like it's really hard for up and coming DJs because now it also is a lot. You know, I'm not taking anything away from DJs. But it's easier in the sense that it's more accessible to this. To like, you could buy a computer, you could buy the program, you could do that. The talent is not there. Yes, you're right, people. Before you come on, yeah, I, about I, to go I saw you looking crazy. Yep, yep, yep. So in that in that aspect is a little bit easier. The uh, the talent comes separate. You can't buy that shit. No, no. Right? Yeah, you have to be born with it, man. You know, but like the playing field is now a lot harder for especially up and coming DJs. Because like for example, whenever I I start posting out at a club or when I first take over a club. Boom, DMs flood. My DJs. DMs look crazy. It's like DJ whatever, DJ dips whatever. Or, and it's always like, hey, bro, what's up? Yeah, no, it's yeah, like, any, how are you doing? No, it's like, never bookings? heard of you. How are you doing? You know, some of them are very, very polite. They'll Bloody introduce buddy. themselves. Yeah, yeah. They'll say hello. Maybe ask them about my day. Hablando and then you have the DJs who just straight out and come be like, hey, I'm a DJ. I would love to play for you. Stuff like that. And then there's DJs who honestly, to me, baffles me. I had this one DJ who honestly, I think had like 68 followers or something. And like, this dude was like, he introduced himself. He was like, I'm a DJ. He like threw me his resume, which is places I've never heard of. I looked like two of them up and they were like little hole in the wall bars. I was like, all right, chill out. I mean, that's what most and then, <laughs> no, but Rio then, was a hole in the wall for me. No, well, but Rio was the fucking. But you see, no, Rio, Rio earned yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, nah, Rio earned his repertoire. I know. The fact that I got into Rio through Milton and because of you, that was probably the littest six months of partying that I've ever oh, had in my life. Dude. And I came to Rio at the end of Rio. But, yo, DJ and J-Ride's birthday that I had no idea who J-Ride was at the time. Mind you, because I was just coming in. Yo, I had a blast <laughs> that whole entire time. No, Rio was a really fun party. But best Thursdays it, it ever. Honestly, it was getting a little out of hand. So it, it ended when it had to end. You know, I, I rather it, it did end on a. I don't want to say a ended, bad note. No, it ended on a bad note. It ended on a bad note. No, no, no. It ended on a bad note. It was really bad when people started coming out with bats. You know it's really bad. Come on. Well. <laughs> Come on. That's not very, that's not very young song, money, though. Let me just shut the fuck up. Not very mu bien. All right. But, okay, let's go back to the DJs, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, I remember this dude straight up told me he charges 400 for an hour. Whoa. Which he was nuts. Whoa. Um, you know, that's what you think you're worth. That's amazing. Oh, no, you got the Rona chip. You know, I, I love it. the confidence. I love the, the high self-esteem. However, for me, like, and I, I should up tell anybody starting out with me. Like, maybe, like, maybe, like, honestly, like, when people send me mixes, most of the time I don't listen to them. I'm going to be 100% honest. Um, there you go, DJs. Have, there you go. 
I have a I have a team. I have people that I work with, and it's very rare for me to bring someone new in the mix. And oh yeah, like Maravilla said, I work with people for a long time. B boy, someone that I can rely on to play well, to be on time, not so much, but to play well. <laughs> not a superstar, but still, to play, Come on. To play uh, well, don't like that. to throw I mean, a good party, to have the people like the hyped, like the basically crowd get them hyped, drunk. and like to be able to read the crowd and throw a good party, I can trust people with that. Right. So for me, like if I already know what's working, why would I try to fix something that's not broken? Right. Exactly. And there's other DJs that I've worked with along the way that I've, I've worked with that I've heard who I liked. And especially because there's someone that I like, you know, I'll be like, oh, B-Boy, we're going to book this person. I'm like, why? I'm like, because I like them. The fuck? I do the yeah, book. He, here's the thing with him. He likes them for what they, you know, they play. It, it, as us DJs, we hear them and we're like, uh, you know, it's like, it doesn't, because we've been there and they haven't. So it's like. Yeah, but this is this is the thing that goes a lot into. He doesn't ask like, me for my opinion. He goes off by it. That's right. That's what we always bump heads sometimes. But this, but this is the DJs. thing. This is the thing. And I don't mean to cut you off, but I mean. No, go ahead. It, it ultimately goes to me. Because I'm not a DJ. You're right. You're not. You're not. I'm not. But this is the thing. As as a client, as a party goer, as a fellow person in the crowd, if I see what they're playing is rocking, I'm fucking with their vibe. And I'm looking around me and they're fucking with their vibes too. Like, I like to think I have good taste. I have, you know, like if, because if not, that means that both people sitting with me right now, they've you both played for me. So it's like, if I don't have good taste, then fuck both of y'all because you <laughs> both played with me too. Yeah, but then, you know? I, I can say this. You had three DJs for Havana who really weren't, Drop down, Adam, Adam, uh, Adam, Adam, no, Adam, no, Adam, Adam. Oh, they, I know they got better. That's not in La Pussy. Nah, drop names, drop names. Now we drop, nigga, we named everybody in that podcast, but you're not gonna name the DJs. You know the crazy thing is, you know what's crazy though? Because that that list of DJs in Havana is very short. It is short, and I know a couple people who hear this podcast. If look, if you played at Havana and people don't fuck with you like that, let me know because I want to know if you trash. There's one that you don't fuck with. But that's personal. Let, let's not talk about Oh, that. no. All right, all right, all right. So you're right. The, the list is very, very short. It is. People that I booked at Havana personally. Yeah. And out of everyone that I booked, I can tell you there's only two DJs. You, Your list is three. For me, it's Mine's two three. DJs. Two DJs who I genuinely like. Who won? They got their bookings through one of their boys that was cool with me. I never booked that's them not directly. Because you don't know who they are. Yeah, but that's the thing. You wouldn't expect someone I to won. book you. You wouldn't expect someone to book you off of my recommendation. So why is it different? It was the same thing. It was a promoter referring a DJ they were working with. Exact same thing. But why wouldn't you reach out to the DJ then? Because I didn't or fuck why, 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 did, why didn't the DJ reach out to you? Because he knew how exclusive I was about putting uh, DJs on. Bro, every promoter does that. Every promoter does that. And like, I, if you want me to drop names, I will. You know, like... Pro- <laughs> oh, God. Everybody has their Let's list. Let's get messy. Right? Everybody oh. has a list. Everybody Mr. has Milk. a list. If, if you go on some of the big players in the industry, right, and you go look at their page and the, their DJs, it's usually like the same maybe eight to ten names most right. rotating. You know, you have someone like Mike Tiggs. Mike Tiggs, he's a dude that I look up to. The first time, the first interaction that we had, I just knew who he was. To me, he was a little bit of a dick. But like once I got to know him better, like we're cool now, you know. And at the mm-hmm. time, I was brand new to the game, and I was cocky as fuck, so... You know, but like you know, like Tiggs, right? His his lineup is the same people. It's very yeah. rare for him to bring someone new. So you have Herb, Amex, Ammo, uh, Cole Party, um, Damian Anthony. You know, like those are his boys, the people that he works with. You know, maybe at the beginning it was just a business relationship to grow with a friendship. Yeah, friendship. Yeah. Same thing with you. Like now, when like even when we when I think of new venues that we're gonna open up, opening nights, given my first DJ is gonna be you. 
right? Uh-huh. And then when we op- when we talked about Coco Havana opening up again, yep. it was you and Maravilla, uh-huh. right? For me, it's like the same thing. I think their mentality is, if I'm able to make money, and I know who can rock out my party, and they're also my boys, why wouldn't I put money in their pockets too? Yeah, be like Adam Sandler who makes movies for his exactly friend, with his friends. But you know, but you know, it's simple. crazy because it's crazy too though. Because even going like even with like like the whole party thing, right? Because let, let's go back to even when you know there was days that he couldn't even make Havana because of his other bookings. There are certain DJs that I've rocked with. Let's give an example with J-Rod. It's a chemistry thing, too. Because when me and him, when me and, <laughs> me and Brian, you know, when me and Brian work, chemistry. Yeah. Me and J-Rod work, it's chemistry. It's just people that you, you can vibe to. Because oh, it's absolutely. like, it's, it's like he'll play something like, damn, yo, I don't know what to play. Like, what should I play? And I'm like, oh, play this. And it's not like he's gonna take. He's not gonna take offense to it because he'll be like, oh yeah, fuck it. Yeah. I'm like, yo, maybe you should switch it up a little bit because it looks like it's a little dying down. So and but he'll do the same thing to me, and I don't take offense to it. I take criticism very well because I want to make sure that the clientele's happy, people are happy, people want to keep coming back, and it's just not. I'm not catering to me because I want to play what I like. No, I want to play whatever the crowd's gonna react to. Exactly. That's where. So people don't understand. I I get that, and there's there's times that. Like me boy said, we bump heads because of the bookings that I want to make and what he disagrees with. And and I hate to pull this card. And whenever I do, I tell him that I hate to pull it. But then I'm, I'm like, I'm the promoter. And there's times that you're right. Like me personally, it works too for me. Like sometimes my personal judgment might get in the way of my profits. Uh-huh. There's promoters who I probably, like if we were teamed up together, we could throw a fucking amazing party and make a lot of money. There are also promoters that I might not necessarily fuck with, <laughs> you know? So I feel like with DJs, it was the same thing. Like, there was DJs that I liked, and I feel they could throw a good party with B-Boy. Yep. But B-Boy would, like, be like, no, I don't like them for this or whatever reason. I don't like the way they play, whatever, Because I'm whatever. a Virgo, man. I'm very picky. <laughs> Shut the <laughs> f- This <laughs> mother pulling. Yo, he's pulling astrological signs. I'm too much a perfectionist. If it doesn't sound right, it doesn't sound right. Take, take it back to the office. Go, 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 go. go. Bye, 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 no, bye. So, hey, kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, even now, starting up again, I feel like, as a person, the way that I run business has changed a little bit. You know, it, it, it is moving a little more towards the business aspect. There's not so much you're my boy. Because when we were running Coco Havana or even at Birch, I would get like, yo, what's up, brother? How you doing? Yo, when I get a booking. And it was people that I was cool with. You know, but the more that, that I'm progressing in the business, the more that I clarify the vision of what it is that I want my brand to be, it does change. Like, yo, we could be boys, but I might not be able to book you. Right. So this, this is my thing. There, sh- there should be two uh, uh, essentials when meeting a promoter. Like, you know, there's two things you should do. One, build a relationship. You know, um, first off, me and Salas never really got along to begin with. You know, so he I've did heard. his own thing. <laughs> he did his own. We're two different people, but when it comes to business, we're alike. Mm. But, relax. But, drop the crickets, drop the crickets. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> See this? And then you wonder why I believe you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I tried it. <laughs> okay. So first off, when me and him started, it was always bumping heads because I wanted this way, he wanted that way. We never compromised. But sooner or later, our friendship and then our business grew organically. We, 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 you know, we did parties together and we, you know, we hang out outside of the clubs. And that, that's one thing with, you know, building a relationship with a promoter. Make it organically. Don't force it. Okay, but... but Going back because to that. Because I don't have other promoters that I... It, it wasn't always like that, and you have to go back to that. Why? For example, when I first took over Lulu's, you were my boy, and I had a lot of love for you. But yeah, but we didn't hang out like that, No, dude. no, 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 no. That wasn't why. And I, told, I was very straight cool. up. 
Okay. No, 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 so no, no, he no. was straight up telling me that uh, my business ethics. No, what? E- e- business ethic, whatever. <laughs> Yo, put subtitles. <laughs> this guy doesn't speak anything. Look, no. I told you your work ethic wasn't up to par with what I was building. And I felt right. like I was very honest because you were my boy. So I didn't have to lie to you. No. And unfortunately, you had to sit out on the sidelines when I threw some of the best fucking parties. Because Lulu used to be some crazy fucking parties. I'm not going to lie because, yeah. But I mean, it, well, it was only like four parties because it was only one time a month. Yeah. And how many times did you play? I played twice. I played once. Twice. Once. One for Halloween. You played twice. And then oh. one he, with uh, he played twice, and he played another one with Shulomix. Yeah, he played. Tw- he oh, played, that's yeah. when I worked with twice. Yeah, played, that's he it. Twice, that's okay. it. Yeah, you which I is went, okay. I went, I went both. Yeah, times. but my first party, I didn't put you on because <laughs> I just your work ethic wasn't up there. And oh, I, because you wanted to be the dick. No, because we had a DJs I did not fuck with. Oh, no, um, dude, I oof. I have a lot of love for you, but I feel like part of being your friend is being able to tell you when you're not doing the best that you can. You ran, you ran with the clout, and you weren't. What the fuck? What clout, dude? If I was to po- post it up on my social media, that what? first flyer of Lulu's, you would see the clout that was on it. Uh, Certain DJs I don't fuck with, and you know who. Now I'm gonna pull up the receipts because I want to <laughs> see who it was. They're on my archive, baby. <laughs> but it, you know, besides that, yeah, he. That's the thing with him. Now nah, we're throwing names. Oh no, no, stop. Oh, why know exactly? No, we're not doing this, baby. Oh, we're not doing this. Carito, I know baby. exactly who he's talking about. By I know who you're talking about too. Yeah. Well, anywho, um, besides that, you know, you 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 set the rules with me, and I got it. I got it. But you never really gave me an opportunity. But besides that, we grew as a friends. We grew as friends, and then we got close, and then you started noticing how different my work started going. You see. And um and then you know then you started booking me at Hoboken you started booking me uh, other places that you've been working at and you know other people but here's the thing here's the main thing you're the only promoter that I'm really close with because everybody else like we just talk business wise and we chit chat here and there say how you doing but honestly the same way Mike Tix has his own people the same way you have your own people like it's all about a relationship you know you know it's crazy though because I kind of want to talk about this because this is this is very big for me you know me living when i was living down the shore and trying to establish myself up in this area because it's very hard for a dj from the shore to come up to north jersey where there's already a bunch of fucking djs up here but try to get into a club and well i think you know but let me before i cut you i think i got a little bit luckier though because at the time i was um when Negro was was promoting at Rumor Thirty Five, I was with with Still Partying, and I forgot the other company. So I got into Rumor Thirty Five, and I got a Hitman. residency with Hitman. And so then for you, it wasn't so much that it was hard to. The thing is, it was the industry you were entering. Down the shore, there's no Spanish industry that's actually like established. Mm-hmm. That Minus was a little mansion, harder because. Yeah, but that was the only Latin. But spot that's the thing. There. One place doesn't mean that you're you're establishing like Latin industry down there. Of course, you know and. There's DJs who are part of the. <laughs> I mean, go. there's no like, I Here guess, pull it. I mean, just the white people, the white DJs, you know, because there's a lot of DJs from down the shore that had very successful runs up here. And it was because of the industry that we're stepping into. Mm-hmm. You're stepping into the Latin community, which, which is very hard because it's a very, very overpopulated uh, industry. And even a lot of the white DJs were do- making that, that little like, lane switch because of how much your girl and how successful it became yeah so it was like like you know luckily because with that like you know i had rumor i think i had rumor 35 for i think six or seven months 
I went to Poyas. I had Poyas for six or seven months. Really, you were at Poyas, nice. Yeah, I had. I was residency on Saturdays. I was Puyas. too young to go in. There. I know. Um, and then I had, <laughs> I did with Poyas, and then I started doing. Then I had Mansion for three years, which was probably one of the biggest venues in South Jersey. Um, okay, but you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know we're sidetracking from with the whole topic. Of yeah, the but like was, it's right? like, but I'm saying though, but like it's the fact of like if I'm trying to come up here. And it's like trying to work with a promoter. I'm like, yo, this is my resume. This is what I've done. These are my residencies. Promoters don't care. Ex- Honestly, promoters don't care. If you if you know how to mix, they hear you. That's fine. But it's like, hold on, dude, hold on, they hold on. don't. Even, even as, as a promoter. They don't, man. I care. I can go to a promoter and be like, yo, I have this. This is my no, resume. Here's my mix. But I want to know where you've played. Who else has hired you? I'd also rather because, just invite a promoter through. Because like, also, dude, through. most promoters know each other. Yeah. So if I see that Maravilla gives me his resume, he's played somewhere. One of my boys is a head promoter, or at least he's one of the promoters there. And I'm like, yo, have you heard this guy? What's he like? Because also me personally, like, yeah, I want Whoa. you to be a good, a good DJ. But also, like, what kind of person are you, like, work ethic wise? Because mm-hmm. there's DJs who are amazing, but they're fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, but you're not, gonna, you're not gonna know that in that moment. It's gonna take some that's, time to know. But that's why the you resume know? is important. Which is my point Because it's like You you wanna you Like the other thing too like You don't wanna be like In line and be like Oh yeah I played at fucking I don't know I played at the 4040 club You're gonna be like Yo you're bull you're, Alright now you're just yeah. Talking out trash But if I show you like Yo these are the flyers Like these are Actual fucking venues That I've worked at But like My other understanding too Is like Let's call it the first night That I DJed for you Yeah I didn't get paid You were just it was, I was like Brian was like Yo just bring a computer and just play. I said, yeah, it was like an addition. I have to, I have to pay my, I have to pay my dues. And if he wants to work with me, then I have to just show him what I got. See, I don't, I don't yeah. like, I don't. I mean, I, I, mean, I would. Say I mean, no granted, two years later, I'm still here. I, so. I, need, I, need, I still need to get paid. I don't care. My first night, anyway. I need to get paid. I wouldn't but, do it because. But okay, so let's. That's, like, that's right, my business. I value switch. myself. But this is my so, thing too. Because so I've never. He doesn't value himself. No, I'm not but saying that. I'm just saying I've never. I've never. My thing is too because I I because about I didn't have a foot I didn't have a foot in North Jersey, after once Milton stepped out of Rio, because Milton no, no JQ, Milton, what no no because I was doing Rio Milton was booking me at Rio consistently. Oh yeah, yeah once yeah. he stepped away, that was it. I lost anything. You, you didn't play at JQ? No, because when you had JQ, that was on Saturdays, which I had my residency. At oh Manchin. yeah yeah yeah, that's right. So that's I right, didn't right. Ha- I didn't have that that yep. connect. Okay, so another another so let's go back to what you said. What. So let's turn it around. Let's say I was cool with Maravilla and mm-hmm. he was bringing you in. Right. And I said, yo, I'll campaign him, but I want to listen to him. You would be like, no. I would say, come to my venue. Come to where I'm playing at so you can hear me. Right, but that's the thing. We're changing, we're changing the thing. Like Maravilla, like just said, he didn't have any foot anywhere. And also, like, no matter what you say, playing in Hoboken is a big deal. It is. Hoboken is a staple in New Jersey, especially for nightlife. Yeah. Yeah. And Jersey and City. And also, the thing about Hoboken is it has evolved so much because before Hoboken was Compared about... Compared to what it was before. Yeah, it yeah. was bar hopping. You went there to get drunk, go to another club, get more drunk. Go to, I mean, not even a club, go to a bar. Yeah, bars. Then go to another bar and get more drunk and just listen to... Because it's so <laughs> weird, though, because compared to... When I went to... The first time I went to Hoboken was 2015. That was Teak. Damn. When we, right? Yeah, when we, we went, went to Teak. We went to Teak. I actually used to do Teak. And then... Yeah, I know. That's, I, that's we, we and then the one time we went to One Republic. Yeah. <clears throat> and then compared to then when you started doing Havana, it was a complete. No, Lulu's. It was Lulu's, Lulu's. and then Havana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the vibe that when I first went, because I went to when, when it was rain still. Damn, I went 2015 when it was still rain. 
And it was a little weird, though, because the only Latin spot at the time was Havana. But Havana wasn't doing as much people as it was doing when you took over. Of course. So the vibe was a little bit different, <laughs> okay, right? Yeah, don't super sad, but, but then you had, right? Then you did the transition into Lulu's where the introduction, a lot of people were curious about, you know, the Latin music, the Latin scene. And it was starting. You had a mixed vibe of, you know, black, white, Caribbean, you know, whatever the case may yeah. be. Transition now to Coco where every week it was just packed no matter what the weather was. So you could see... No matter if they had a superstar, right? Literally right down the street. So... Yeah. Because there was other venues trying to compete and we were still busting that This is actually... This is what we spoke with with um, Negro's Party, right? Which is my first night at Lulu's. I was a brand new fucking promoter in Hoboken. I was 21, fresh 21. Um... You know, I was given the opportunity and again, it was someone that I knew. I knew one of the bartenders that referred me to the management and it was one of, you know, the, the best experiences for me because at that point I went from being not in, not in charge at all to being in charge of everything. DJs, dancers, yeah, but you learned a lot. you learned a lot. You learned about budget. Oh, of course. You learned about management and what you, just, you learned about getting to know other people. I mean, at that point I knew about management because I was already working as a manager yeah, for my job the, at the it's time. It's not the same. Yeah, but so, so my point is, at that point, there was no really Latin, like, I guess, feel to it. There was, like, like he said, Havana was the only Latin spot, but it was known as a very Latin spot. So, for example, when I turned 21, I went to Coco Havana. Um, and at that point, it was, I think, Godfather and Frankie Vera. And I remember Frankie Vera got me in for free. Yeah, And it was like, it was a nice vibe, but it just felt... It just felt like not, how can I say this without sounding disrespectful? It was like too, too Latin in the sense that it was like that, old school uh, salsa and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it wasn't like trending. It, yeah. it, it wasn't like, uh, it was mostly people that weren't our age. Yeah, so that's the know? thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Anybody that was the young crowd would be going to just bars, bars. bar hopping yeah. and getting drunk. That's so terrible. for Lulu's, when we introduced something new, it was introducing that, hey, we can do Latin, but we can make it fun for everybody. Yeah. And that's why, even, that's why specifically for Halloween, when I hired David S, for Lulu's, me, it right. was, yeah, for Lulu's, it was because I needed someone who understood all of that. And before this, I knew that one, David S is, is a white boy. Yeah. David S is he white. Knows. But he was playing, like, he, like, that's the thing. He was on beat with words. He was on beat with everything. Like, for him to be able to dominate a crowd like that, like, to me, I was like, wow, this is something that we can make bigger. And at that point, for our opening night for Lulu's, we were going straight head-to-head with Coco Havana, which at the time was being run by Godfather. And I remember when I first announced that they completely changed their lineup. They were having two regular schmegular DJs, and they were from having Bacan Bacan, another, I think it was Anthony Ray. <laughs> and like, two other, like it was four DJs. Oh, man. Four DJs. Right. Going against my, my two or three DJs, I believe. And I remember DJ Chris came over and he was like, yo, I wish you the best of luck, bro. I'm like, I appreciate you. And we were packed out. And yo, that opening night was crazy. And Lulu's was a big, big venue. And it was nice because it overlooked the waterfront too into New York. Yeah. And at at that point we had also the patio open. So it was a lot of space to cover. And I remember I was pouring shots on some girl's mouth and I pulled out my phone and DJ Chris was like, you literally just squatted and shattering all these promoters. 
And obviously at that point, I wasn't aware that there was a lot of DJ, I mean, promoters talking shit about me, saying that I'm a little ass kid, that I don't know what I'm doing, that my party's going to flop. Yeah. That Coco Havana is the only land spotting in Hoboken. in Hoboken. At the time, I never met Godfather. I knew who he was. Eventually, I, at that point, just hearing his name annoyed me because I knew he was one of the people that were saying all that stuff. But now we're friends. I feel like we have a good relationship. And I do feel like that, that was one of the first steps introducing the trendy Latin to Hoboken. Yeah. You know, obviously then Birch went Latin on Fridays with Big G. Then we had Hub Open with Mike Tiggs, E-Rock. And they were hiring everybody. Anybody that I could think of was being, I, they even approached me for the Hub. You know, and I told Mike Tiggs that I appreciated the offer. But, you know, Coco Havana it was my party. It had my name. I had control. And I didn't want to lose that. And like you guys said, we were going toe-to-toe against Alex Sensation and Camillo, and we're still packing out, you know? And there was a lot of people that were saying, oh, you're getting the leftovers from Hub and Burge. Oh, I used and to I'm hate like, that. But, I used to hate but, that. But wait, wait, wait. Oh we, were, we were getting packed by like 12.30, so why it wasn't leftovers? Even, sometimes it wasn't even... Be- it was before that, though. Because sometimes the music... Because the thing is that what people fail to realize, right? And uh, this shit annoys me because this happened at the Mama Juan and Patterson, and I don't give a shit. But the issue was that if you have a dinner crowd, right, and you can play the music where people go, Yo, you know what? We should stay a little bit after dinner because it would happen the few times that people were still eating at 11 o'clock. Good times. <laughs> but what would happen, <laughs> there would be birthdays there and birthdays would stay the whole fucking night. Yeah. And I don't even think they planned to stay the night, but just the way the music was transitioning from, you know, light salsa so then it starts to build. They see people coming in. People are drinking, and they go, "Yeah, you know what? Let's stay a little bit." Because if I'm at a place like, and that's happened to me once, that happened to me at Social. I went to Social Fifty Nine on a on a Tuesday when when Negro runs Negro's party, yeah. And I went, I went on, I went there for a date, and oh, yeah. <laughs> but this was this was like last year, so I go there on a date, and by the time I realized what time it was, bro, it was two in the morning. Damn. And I got there at seven. Damn. Damn. But you could just real because the ambiance. Of course. It was just, it was such a good ambiance. The music was so good, like just conversation. And you go, wait, holy shit. Like, it's too, like, people got to work tomorrow. Oh, sorry, guys. We're, we're actually broadcasting at my house. Um, so <laughs> why don't we just take this time? We'll go on a, on a quick break. Yeah, take a quick break. I got to get a beer anyway. And then uh, we're back. Be right we'll back. be right back. Thank you. 
Everybody hands up in the sky. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. That's right. Welcome back to another uh feel the beat. Feel the night podcast. I'm sorry. So let's just have a little music in the background. Welcome where? Yeah, sorry. I need more coffee, man. Oh man. Bro, he's drinking coffee in like 80 degree weather. Who doesn't like coffee? You guys have over here. That's like eating caldo like, and when it's 100 Who degrees out. Only Spanish people do that. Come on, son. Of course. Yeah, you, you know Yeah, yeah. El gringo aquí. Yeah, yeah. Man, come home bad, drunk. Baby. This man come home drunk at 3 o'clock in the morning and start making progressive soup. Who? You. Oh, <laughs> I don't oh know, man. I don't know what progressive soup is. I remember that one time I came home really trash. <laughs> I, I remember one time I came home really trash and I, I almost burned down the kitchen because I left the, uh, the popcorn. With the stove on and everything. Stove. Oh my god, bro! This is, he would have had no house. Chewy would have been burnt. No, 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 bro. You see this man? Irresponsible as hell. Okay, so right. uh, let's get into topics. So, topics uh, number one. I have a friend of mine. Uh, her name is Jess. She said, "Let's. Why don't you guys talk about the clubs? Okay, so talk about when the clubs are supposed to open, and if they do, what do you expect? What?" Things be cheaper with everyone being unemployed, or would it raise up prices to make ends meet for club owners? Like, plus also how to limit the people inside the club. That's a good question. I don't. I don't think. They, I mean, we're not club owners, but as I don't think it's that though. I think maybe there, it's like two sides of the story though, because I think club people want to go out again, and people want to go back to the bars, but it's also the precautionary of wanting to go back out because. Put an example. Look at China. They opened back up and they went through a second wave where they had to shut everything back, like back I, down. I think again. they're still off, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like, even if you open back up <clears> again, <throat> I don't think it's going to be the same though. Because no. take take like Texas and Florida, they only can have 25 percent of capacity. Did you not see Wisconsin? A freaking bars were like full. Oh wait, did you see the one the 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 pool party in Missouri? It was literally like, like it was like a like a day bar. Yeah. Like think of like the uh, what secrets in Jamaica uh, in uh, Ocean City, yeah, like that. But like it was so many people in one area, bro. It was like it was like it's like a nightclub like just packed. Nah, man. Nah, but it was like hey, a, it was a pool. Yeah, I mean, okay. Look, even in Jersey, we're just are starting to open up, or some businesses are opening up. Uh huh. You know, but normally we're still stuck home. We can't do much. Okay. Most so of us are unemployed right now. New Jersey, New York is the epicenter of the epidemic. Right. We got hit the worst. We got hit the hardest. And the decline of cases took a lot longer than anybody expected. Right. Like you said, we're not business owners. So we can't really speak. Oh, Chewy, take it easy, baby. Chewy's uh, So we can't really speak on that. However, there are government loans and PPE, stuff like that, that are being given out to, to owners of businesses. Right. You know, something that actually came up in for Gal's podcast was... Was it for the guys' podcast, or was it in one of the beef on Insta on Facebook? Uh, uh, Eddie, you did say beef. He, it was the beef. Eddie, you said he received money from the government. It was like I also know yeah. other other club owners that received money from the government to yeah. kind of like keep them afloat throughout all this. Now reopening, this is an unprecedented time, so we don't we don't have anything to compare it to. Nope. However, based on the regulations and guidelines be, being given by the government, one is going to be. Um, the operation capacity is going to be much lower than anybody probably expects. We're probably going to start at 25% capacity, mm -hmm. right? Which is something that is being given as a guideline for regular businesses that do business inside. Now, regarding prices, 
Um, I it depends on like prices of what you mean, like entrance, bottles, drinks, everything, everything. So I feel like it could go either way because some owners might seem like you know what we've been out for a long time. As a courtesy to our customers, we're gonna bring them in, get them in the door, have them spend money at the bar. Right. Because me personally, if I don't pay a cover, I'm going stupid. Oh hell yeah. On that tab. Because you think about that that ten twenty dollars yeah. you spend at the door, which makes no like, sense. Maybe they should do that's, one or two, that's one or two drinks yeah. at the bar. But you see, it makes no sense because I'll probably avoid paying ten at the door and then I'll spend three hundred at the bar. But you're still making more money. But if that's I have to pay a cover of twenty, I'm gonna be mad oh, as hell no. and go to that bar like let me get one beer. No, but that's then, it. <laughs> yeah, but then, <laughs> but then you realize that they raise up the prices for the liquor. Imagine that. That before you used to pay five dollars for liquor, now mm. well for a beer, or whatever. And now you're gonna be paying probably eight dollars, maybe ten dollars for a beer. But I okay. So everybody has different financial situations, right? So me personally, if my beer goes from because we do this anyway. There's times that. A blue moon will be maybe five $5. or six bucks at a cl- at one place. Unless at another place, at another place, it might be ten bucks. And then at Vegas, one blue moon was seventeen dollars <laughs> at the strip Wait, club. Hold up, time out. What? Blue moons yeah. and booties, baby. <laughs> I remember I ordered me and B boy a, a, a beer. Each. You paid thirty four dollars for two blue moons. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, can I get two blue moons? And she came back and she was like, oh, it's thirty four dollars. I was like, oh no 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 no, I only got two blue moons. She's like, oh I know. And I was like, huh? I was like, oh, okay, cool. Got it. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> the next morning, I reported as fraud. <laughs> nah, just kidding. I didn't do that. I didn't do Call that. You bang like, uh, I'm in Newark, actually. No, what I'm saying is like the prices depend anyway. And honestly, if I have to pay up a little bit more for the liquor that I'm consuming to be able to have that privilege of being out on the bot again, I'll probably be okay with it. There's people that might completely disagree with me that might feel like yeah, maybe but there's there's people who are not working. There's people who, who are not collecting that. unemployment. There's you know it's and that's why you have to live on your means. You know, it may, may sound a little fucked up, but you have to live on your means. You also can't go broke trying to party it up. If you can't do that right now, it's completely understandable. And I hope that your situation changes and I hope that you make money. And you know, obviously I'm praying for everybody. I'm hoping that this gets better for everybody. Because everyone is going through this. It's not just you, me, and you no, guys. It's everybody. So the point is Prices will change, but it depends on your budget. Mm. Are you more willing to wait? No, it depends on the venue and what their <coughs> plan is. But let me ask a serious question, though, because I think this is more the important one. One, do you think the club might just be on a reservation basis because the amount of people that are going to want to come to the club, right? Two, do you think the club is going to be as enjoyable because there's only going to be a certain amount of percent, like a certain amount of people that can come in. Right. So like, let, let's take the example barcode, right? Barcode fits, I don't know, let's call it 2,000 people. No idea. Uh, Yo, no free club. Pick a different venue. No yeah, free club. I don't know. <laughs> let's just whatever. But like, let's, let's put 25% of people in that place. That place is going to look empty as hell. Do you put dividers at the tables? Do you put curtains? Like, what, what are you going to do to like make sure that people are kind of like... Social distancing. So, yeah, like from from what I heard regarding some venues, were that the VIPs were going to be separated by actual like plastic or current wall, something that will, yeah, yeah, that will make that actual separation. Yeah. So I agree with what you're saying. I do think it's going to be based off of reservations, only because it gives you an actual number of how, how many, many people, people are going to be coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that we're going to start at maybe 25 percent production, only because it's a lot easier. To start at 25 and then and go manage. up yeah. then start at 50 and then be like, this is a shit show. We have to bring it down. Right. But first off, the club as well, 
if I was to be a club owner, I would start small. I would you do like to. I would do like a phase one. Like, all right, let's let's start off with just booking VIPs. Let's not have a dance floor. Let them dance in their own little sections and let's cover them up. We have a DJ really far and we're gonna have like a video of you can see them or they're streaming live from their house or whatever it is, you know? Now when it comes to money wise, you know, you have to be compromising with your guests and your customers because they're not gonna be more than willing to spend at least a thousand a thousand two hundred on a VIP with oh. six people in it. You know? Okay, so one, I if you if it gets to that extreme that everyone has to be separated and curtains everywhere and the TV and the DJ's not there, then I'm going to stay my ass home and see someone's live. That's exactly. I mean, yeah, but what, nobody what, look, knows going to happen. The thing that people are, are actually, like, missing, the thing that everyone's yearning for... The interaction. ...is the human interaction. Exactly. I love my family. I love my family to death. But after a while, like, you I, need to, I, need so to, I need to see some different people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my sister. I love my brother, his wife, everybody. But... Tired of my sister too. You got to oh, see. Take it easy before she plug, wow. she unplugs all this shit. <laughs> no more podcasts. You know it's a it's you just kind of it's like the human interaction aspect is what we like. That's why everybody goes out to see other people, meet new people. So I feel like if it's if it's that extreme that we have to start, then we're not ready to start, and that should say exactly where we are in this pandemic. Yeah, I mean maybe well, another suggestion should be before entering the club, you get checked. Basically, with the uh, with, the, with uh, that little gun that checks the your temperature. Uh, what if you pregame you have Matt Henny? That shit gonna go off because oh, you gonna be hot. That, that, that's you're gonna be hot. You're gonna be, hot. Fault, you, you're gonna be sweating your ass off. And that's your fault. I, you gotta take the L, man. You gotta Especially be my cousin. That boy sweats so much. They gonna oh no, he got the Rona. Oh no, not very bien. He tried it. <laughs> oh no. I mean, that's just a little suggestion. Like, use that or. I don't know. Bring proof that you got tested recently. I I don't know. It, it it's a little extreme, but okay. But I mean, you could you extreme. could falsify that shit, dude. What do you mean? No, all, all the paperwork. Yeah, it's gonna be like the uh, yeah, the be- you did it for your. It's gonna be like the scene <laughs> off the Benchwarmers. I am twelve. <laughs> Dominican of a thirty-year-old <laughs> playing baseball, bro. But I don't think the club environment is gonna be the same for a while, though, because like, yeah, people Absolutely are gonna want to go out. But it's like you want to go out where like. You know, you can just grab somebody. Like, yeah, you want to dance bachata? You want to dance salsa? Yeah, wanna... I don't think you can. Oh, so that's the thing. That's the thing. Nightlife is not going to be the same at all. Just going outside is not going to be the same at all because the world is not going to be the same. So I think personally, that's that the whole like that whole thing is not going to happen because you have to also consider. Look, and, it, and it's in the in the club with a mask on. Probably gonna die. Nah, I'm mad cute. I can't even do that. So the thing is, like, you have to look at I've had friends who went out of state and they tell me that in other states, it's like nothing has happened. Life is just continuing as nothing. There are some precautions, but it's not like us. We're at the epicenter. We're in New Jersey, New York. You know, and there was a point that, you know, everyone thought this would be a lot Easier. smaller uh-huh. and it wouldn't be this impactful. You know, even when we first, we got, our job told us, hey, we have to close down by state mandate March 16th, that we're hoping to be away from four to six weeks. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. And it's currently May, and we still haven't gone back. Now, we haven't even started phase one yet. You know, we're, we're, no, we're in phase one. one. No. Phase we're we're no, about we're to go on phase three. Phase oh, we are? Oh, my God. Oh, this no. boy can't wow. read. I've been boy sleeping. I've been sleeping. <laughs> oh, no. Bro, phase, so we're supposed to go on to Bar- <laughs> He needs like, some milk. <laughs> I've been taking too many naps. <laughs> It's supposed to be like, there's supposed to be uh, barbershops and stuff like that. 
Oh. That's what's supposed to be on, on, on this yeah. phase. Well, that has nothing to do with me. Well, yeah, they signed it 30 days, so it's not supposed to be until June 15th, where by June 15th, like barbershops, no salons, da da da. They just open up the beaches. Yeah, That's but you, different, though. But look. Uh, it's not different. It's still crowded. Bro, look, I'm going to tell you something, right? Because I live, my mom still lives by the beach, right? It's literally, one, they only sold a certain amount of, se- of season passes for the beach. Two, they're only letting a certain amount of people in yes, per beach area. So let's say that, like, we'll take Pier Village, right? I'm like m- two minutes on the road. Yep. You go to Pier Village, and let's say the capacity at Pier Village, which is roped off, by the way, yep. it's 100 people that can be in that section of the beach. Let's say 100 people fill that spot up. All right, you have to go to the next street over, and that's how they're doing it. Yeah. So that's being controlled. Long Branch Beach is about one and a half miles from boardwalk to boardwalk. Yeah, but okay, okay. Right. So <clears throat> if those sections fill up, you can't go to the beach. And you're asked out. That's it. Which I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing in the nightclub. Once they fill out. Yeah, but most of the people are not even wearing protective. protective but you're outside, though. You're outside. I wouldn't say interacting, still, but you're passing by. But there's still social distancing there. You still have to be six feet. Uh, I'm too from. paranoid to go out. Also, too, but you're at the beach, so you're not going to be close to something. People separate also, themselves no, at the you're beach. you're walking through. Look, man, wall. I'm not a scientist. But from what I understood I from this not. virus... It's actually killed by the heat. So I'm, I'm honestly yeah. not too concerned of going to the beach. Also, there is a lot of antibodies and bacteria that's natural at the beach, part of the sand, part of the water. Exactly. That actually helps your immune system. There's a lot of debate on this whole virus, the way that it's being handled, what works for what doesn't. Me personally, I've been a pretty healthy person overall. You know, I've, I've been, you know, a lot of my family, actually I had a, I had a lot of family members who did get the coronavirus. Right. You know, thankfully, they fought their way through it. They came out on the other side. You know, a lot of people weren't that lucky, you know, because for me, it's a blessing from God, a little bit of luck. So I get the concerns that people like you have. Like, you won't go to the beach. I'm me, not, personally, I, I was going to go today, but I had to take my car for an oil change. Uh, so it's a whole beach party. Uh, but, <laughs> like, there are things that we are going to have to, like, start opening up. The country just cannot. And, like, again, Look, man, I'm not part of the government. I, I don't have a horse in the race. Yeah, I do miss my job. I do miss working. But overall, there are things. There are, the way that our system is set up, there are gears that just need to continue moving in order for our society as a whole to survive, which says a lot about the way that we live as a, as a society, how much capitalism works in our country. But it's just unfortunately, it's the way that the system was built, and there's nothing that I can do about it, that you can do about it. Like for now, what we could do is just... Go buy whatever the governor wants to do. Yep. Because I'm telling you right now, we, we won't be in clubs. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm praying that we make it to Halloween. If we make it to Halloween, I'm throwing the biggest Halloween party. I'm buying bottles. I might Ever. even, I don't, I don't even, it's might get crazy. Oh, that employment check kicking in, baby. You know what's going to happen? What I think is going to happen? It's going to get so wild that first night if everything goes back. People, first of all, not going to know what the hell to, to do, how to act. And people are gonna get so trashed. Oh, um, oh my God! Because I know I'm gonna be one of those. Nah, if I have to go play, I'm not interacting. I'm gonna be like, oh, nope. I play, finish my set, get paid, and bounce. Oh, but here's another thing. Okay, Hollywood. Okay, no, relax. Okay, Alex. So, I, ain't nobody trying to get infected over here. He wants a deposit and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you know, Rona's real out here. So the point is, as us DJs, we, 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 would our prices change? But more drastically, or would they have, or would we have to like 
just cut them down a bit because we're going to have to compromise with the club and, and the budget and, you know, things are just starting up, you know? Um, you know what? I want to hear you guys go first as DJs and then I'll talk as a promoter. Oh, God. Here we go. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's I don't know, because you, you have to think about it, too. Like, I, I put it in, in perspective of business, too, because you have to think about, like, I think about it like me running a store, right? I got to think about costs. I got to make sure that, you know, that I know that I'm playing my bartenders. I'm paying my waitresses. I'm paying some my hostess. I'm paying my bar back. You know what I mean? It's like it's a compromise, too, because it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like my my club is doing 500, 1,000 people in a night where I know I'm going to make majority of my money at the bar and in the VIPs where whatever you decide, to, you know, if I'm going to pay you $300 for your one hour, two hour sets, whatever the case may be, I'm fine with that. It's just like I'm at limited capacity. I'm at 25%. So I can't give you what you're normally ready to charge. Now we can have we can have a conversation and say, "Okay, you know, I can offer you this amount for your hour, but it's not going to be the normal rate that you're charging me." Right. Because I'm not I still have to pay people at the end of the day. Yeah, we're going to be at our max capacity of 25%, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the same as if we're open on a regular night. So, right. I mean, I mean, I get it. It's just, I, I wouldn't know how the conversation would be. You know, it, it would be hard to start out the first night because not everyone's going to be out on the first night. So as a promoter, <laughs> I think what Maravilla said is a really big, important part of it. If we're only producing at 25%, which means that I won't be making money. Like, no, the club itself won't be making a lot of money, which means I probably as a promoter won't be making a lot of money. Which means that if you, first of all, any DJ that comes out of this coming in crazy, asking for a crazy amount of money, you're going to get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling that straight up. You know, it's a tough time for everybody. And if we want our industry to come back strong, we're going to have to work together. You know, there's DJs who I know will work with me on prices that will work with me depending on what my budget is. Because if you guys know, there are certain clubs that give you a budget that you can work with. Mm-hmm. And there's clubs that will pay you a certain amount and then you build your own budget. You know, and whatever's left is for you. So depending on all of those factors will also depend what our budget is for DJs. So if DJs that want to work and want to actually help the industry come back strong, right. I'm sure you'll work with us. And if that's not the case, then that's very unfortunate. But, you know, good luck going live from home because that's about <laughs> it, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> the reality of it. I mean, but he has a point, though. You can't, like, you can't. You can't beg and choose. Like you have to kind of just work with people. I mean, once everything gets back to normal, that's a different, you know, that's a different story. Okay. And you know, you can you can get your normal price, but I think in the meantime, everybody has to make a sacrifice. So more of the that's story right. is uh, it's compromising, not so much a sacrifice. It's compromising. Right. Compromise is the more of the story. We want we want our look. We want our industry to flourish. We want to come back strong. It obviously won't be a super crazy, like packed out party every single. Like the first night that we're back, but I feel like in order for it to successfully work and be able to build off of that, the first night is going to be crucial. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're real clubs because obviously, you know, you won't be able to control any of that. The clubs will have to control that. So if let's say a club can only fit fifty people, where they want to make more money, and they fit a hundred, and then they have a an outspread of cases, then that's going to be on them. So it really has to be everyone working together: owners, promoters, security, DJs, everybody. In order for the industry to come back strong. Nah, you're right. Um, Give me some background music. Let's, let's get empty this up a bit because, you know, let's put it in a poquito.
No, I didn't. I didn't think. I. I don't think I. It was part of the acapella. But podcast. I think I. I I'm a summarizer for. I'm a summarizer for you. Uh, so, like I said, the the whole thing went from you know actually discussing the issues of promoters with, like with owners, like with promoters, promoters, promoters with owners, whatever. Right. We're and then it just allegedly. Yeah, it honestly yeah. just like it took it went a, south. It took a very, it fucking went left so quick, and it kind of became to like, look, I've worked with Giovanni no beef with the guy and i hope Work he takes this i'm a third party i wasn't part of the actual panel talking i'm a third party talking for matai looking in just straight up saying like look i have this i have this i have that and chess started getting kind of annoyed because he was talking from a from the aspect of how how he's dealt with you know some of like what milton and them used to call mickey mouse promoters <laughs> which are like promoters who don't really bring much to the table kind of have a big front and who like settle for like small flats right so which is why chess said that he moved from being a promoter to being so a manager management. yeah you know is okay. which is understandable yeah. absolutely so it kind of just became this debate between chess saying that jabadi doesn't know what he's talking about no he doesn't know how to run and that he doesn't know no right. he said you don't know what you're talking about he said right. you don't know how to run, run your businesses properly, properly. Yep. based on what jabadi was saying based on his experiences with promoters then Giovanni's only rebuttal was, I have two clubs. What do you have? You're almost 50, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, that's, yeah, as, yeah, that's, that's just attacking After him. that was done, it's very attacking him. we moved the party to Negros um, live, right? And it, oh, it this, was, oh, it was is, fine and dandy, but then Che and Giovanni kept going at it to the point that Che straight up put him on his number. He's like, yo, hit me up. We can meet up wherever. Che wanted to fight. Che wanted to throw hands. So. Yep. Giovanni was drunk. Um, I, I, he I, he yeah. took a big L that night because he unfortunately I, I heard he got into some conversation yeah, that so, he shouldn't have touched. Yes. Yeah. So when he went on live with Negro. with Negro, he look man, I don't make excuses for people. If when I'm drunk, if I said something super out of pocket, I have to analyze how much of it did I mean, how much of it was actually like just the fucking liquor talking. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, liquor to be honest. But as a owner and if you fucking banging your chest so much that you're an owner you have this you have that then you also should have the mentality of like i have to protect my business <laughs> and there's some certain things that i can talk about because you could yeah, you, can have, you, you can have your press your personal preferences absolutely however when you bring that into your business and it comes out bigoted that's the issue mm-hmm. because if you're branded as a bigot there are people who will make sure they go out of their way to make sure your business fails. fucking fails. Yep. You know, and that's something that's, that I don't that's, think he expected. That's, that's how it is nowadays, um, man. For those that don't know the comments, look, I, I, I I'm going to paraphrase what yeah, it was, yeah. okay. but he All straight right. up said that, uh, that there's certain parties who that don't look good for his business or don't work out or just don't aren't good profit, for him. Basically, don't right. make profit. No, the, the point wasn't profit. <laughs> the point no, was not profit. I, I took it as that. Nah, the point was not profit. So he talked about... And it was quick. He said it so quick that if you didn't hear it, you missed it. But it was pretty much like um, black parties or gay parties no, aren't good for his business. No, it was it was teen nights. It was black parties. It was gay nights. And it was 
and if B-Boy's playing. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. No, yeah, but obviously you have... I think it was those three, yeah, I think it was those three. First of all, obviously all of that is fugazi. Um, I don't you know, know why as a business that. owner, you, you, you can have your that. preferences. You say that. Look, man. That's, that's I, nuts, dude. That's, that's really nuts. You're not supposed to be saying something. I, you, look, man, like you said, my parties are all kinds of demographics. Yeah, so I've never had like a very specific demographic come to my parties. But, um, but him as a business owner, he has to have his club open from Thursdays to Sundays. Yeah, so, so the thing is, he needs themes. He can't keep the same thing every single day. Exactly. So, exactly. Like, so it's like, so it's like, you need to be careful. He, he really messed up because he lost opportunities with certain people in the comments. Oh yeah, that could brought him money. Thomas Jonathan, absolutely. Which is I never met so the look, guy. Thomas but Jonathan but the is way actually he himself is cool. Look, if you guys don't know who Thomas Jonathan is, he is a great promoter, host, a bartender, I believe as well. Yeah. Um, I met the dude for maybe 10 seconds. Someone introduced us a girl, which is like, oh, this is Thomas, this is Seb, I'm like, hey, how you doing? That was like the extent of how we met. However, from what I've seen from his business is, the dude knows how to market himself. Yo. Right? right. And. Cause I've seen just based off his, his Instagrams and like. Oh, his parties I, are I, nuts. Yeah. And I've like, I know a few girls that like, that come, bro, from like, when I'm talking about like borderline, like fill a, like, the PA New Jersey area come to lobby because of him. Yeah. His parties are insane. Mm -hmm. like, like, we, like we talked earlier in the podcast, it was someone who learned how to market himself and not the venue. Yep. So like any party, like it's not as like, oh, it's Tommy like at lobby or like barcode or like, oh my God, bark. No, you know, I, let me say it straight. It's not barcode is having Tommy, Thomas, Jonathan. It's not lobbies having jump. It's Thomas Jonathan is gonna be at blank. Yeah, you know and that's something that you should strive for. So obviously, yeah, when himself. when when Giovanni said a comment that I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe I don't think he meant it so bigoted as it came out. Um, uh, look, man, he was drunk. Very careful. I I look, man. I understand that he did mention hip hop parties, which are predominantly a african-american demographic and but obviously he went, he went into detail dude that that oh but you yeah. see that's i think that worked for his benefit because he went into details and specifics about issues he's had at his venue but that's which is okay that, which but, is different though, because like even though like i want to kind of touch into that because like i've worked hip-hop nights when mansion was open and it's not what the issue was that though because it's like the precautions that have to be taken is a little bit more and it sounds so drastic but it's like the club, the owner has to protect himself as well exactly. because you don't want your venue to fail because of one night. If and you look that's at, like you don't want your headline to be shooting happened at XO Club because exactly. of one night. And that tarnishes your venue. That's what happened to us at Rio. <laughs> but you see, that's the thing. It won't be, it's not going to be hip hop night ended every, up in every, shooting. It'll just be like, let's say, let's say. B-Boy's house is a club, right? It'll be like shooting at B-Boy's house. You know, that, and that tarnishes you, not the community. So from Giovanni's standpoint, when he went, went into specific situations, I feel like that helped his case for maybe hip hop parties. However, when the like, when Negro's party rebuttaled with, hey dude, like gay parties are one of the most profitable and the most chill. They are. They are. I agree, dude. Because you know what it is? They're, I've been around that community where like, I've worked with them like they are the most down to earth, very chilled, but they're the type of people, they're your referral base. 
Absolutely. Which people don't understand that because when they enjoy themselves, they're the type of crowd that goes, yo, you got to come here because the place is really good. Yeah, they'll hype it up. So I feel- And they bring clientele. They do. They bring girls. So look- They bring yep. clientele. So I feel like when, when Giovanni put that demographic next to hip hop demographic, it was one, obviously stupid on his behalf, whether it was a liquor or whatever. But mostly when it comes to a gay party, one, it's just that community looking for a, a safe space to, feel to throw their parties yeah. and do whatever and, they want and, and be open, right? Yeah. Because it is 2020, obviously, you know, the world's a little bit different now, but you'll still have that one or two maybe homophobic dude that's gonna act up at the club. You know, we, we, it's happened at Coco Havana, dude, when we had girls come with one of the gay friends, cool ass dudes, dope people, you know, we have fun. And there's that one asshole that's just drunk and starts talking crazy, right? So gay parties offers them an actual like place to have a safe party where they could be themselves, do whatever they want. And one, in my opinion, and in my personal experience, one of the most profitable and the most calm parties, mm-hmm. you know, you don't do it. It's mostly like there's obviously not everywhere but there is some places that spanish parties are also problematic ergo every, every patterson party. with the dominicans throwing hookahs <laughs> bonfire oh, bonfire man. you know <laughs> so like but, i feel like when he when he paired gay parties with hip-hop parties i feel like there was no correlation and honestly they shouldn't be in the same group personally now now to the teen nights Honestly, to me, I think teen nights are very, very profitable. That's because you're a baby. No, 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 no. no. I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why. Because these, as 18-year-olds, we used to go to the clubs at 18, and we used to spend money. Okay, but 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 let's touch on that point. I kind of want to. I kind of want to go top. It's not that right. I think it's depending where you're located, because it's not like when I would like you know when we were younger, we had Abyss, which was probably one of the best. Teen, teen nights. nights anywhere right but that died down right my area there was no teen nights so the only teen nights that when the owner of mansion would throw teen nights i was there to supervise because one the djs were wilding would try to blow the system <laughs> but it was a fact that it was it was a once a month thing but it gave them the opportunity to go out yeah and they were paying 20 to 25 dollars at the door to get in but what they didn't care though because it gave them the opportunity to go out and party yeah juice and water or whatever the case so juice. look my my rebuttal to that is when it's when you're a business owner and you have to look at risk against reward so they're all minors team parties are usually minors do you think yeah, attending yeah. or if you do 18 up but for the most part it's usually like 16 17 18 right yeah that is a big liability on your venue Cause you don't have to be drunk for something stupid to happen. Oh, People fight sober all the time. Yeah. And you're right. When we were young, we were drinking. I'm not gonna put any spots on like no, any no, places we, we on don't the spot. Do that. No, no. But we were drinking. We were underage. We you were know? responsible. Though. We were, we're responsible. We were getting crunk at clubs, you know. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's that's very specific <laughs> yo, places. Yo, 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 sh- that's very specific places yeah, don't where don't get into detail. You know where we spent money. Yeah. But now when there's a team party where that's what it is. You come in. You can dance. We have water and juguitos at the bar. <laughs> Capri Suns. But that's it. So like, yeah, I'll probably like make some money at the door, but will it be worth like how much I'm actually putting into expenses? I have to pay my staff. I'm paying for lights. I'm th- paying for DJs, all that stuff. But do you think it's based off of location and the market that you're in? 
it it is based on location because that also depends on the police department the police look man depending where you are and how affluent the, your the, your neighborhood is right will depend how vigilant the the officers are right so the police department if you're in affluent community mm-hmm. like for example arubas and clifton mm-hmm. i was gonna go throw a team else. at clifton i was gonna go somewhere else where, it, where we've been to it would probably be a lot more monitored than if you threw one in patterson or in newark because one patterson and newark are way bigger than clifton and the police were just divided differently there's things that aren't as monitored you know and it comes with <coughs> what the neighborhood is like yeah right you know, and even like giovanni himself said that the, the club was actually i don't want to say threatened but was directly um impacted no was directly actually um spoken to by the police department oh wow. they were referred to owner, directly every club owner gets hidden with that yeah yeah but, but look it's different if you ch- if you get a charge for let's say maybe there was a fight at your club that was great every fight week. against like when it's a fight with minors and like sometimes they don't have to have to drink at your venue they could if, they, come pre-game if, they, if they pre-game then they or got smoked or whatever or smoked yeah. and then fought outside it's still that's reliable, gonna reflect yeah. on you because yeah. it's gonna be like children got beat up outside of blank you know yeah, right so that's the problem but mm-hmm. uh, also i would say this look compared to two spots that are very different and very far from each other well not very far but very different in, uh neighborhoods bliss in clifton and I would say at the time it was Mambo's and Patterson, right? But Bliss was doing teen nights for a while though. Yes, but it was very monitored. Like security was very, very tight. And and I, I used to hate it because I, I used to work there and I used to always have trouble with security. You know, I, I, going in, it's like, how old are you? Or let me pat you up. Like security was very uptight. Cops over there on the side, cops everywhere watching the people are drinking and driving. You know, it, it used to be very monitored. But in Patterson, you know there wasn't that much cops you know they, they, they would just have security from the club itself so you know it depends the area and the taxpayers and the, and the i guess the ethnicity that around you know the area you know clifton has a lot of white people patterson it's a more latin urban yeah. type of area you know it's like whatever you know they're, they're, probably the police and patterson were like you know what? let them shoot each other down like whatever it doesn't matter you know i i, I guess it came down to race I guess well you jesus all right i guess it came down to race i'm gonna do this Let's go into a little bit. Let's go into a different topic. Let's okay. go into some pop culture. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff going around the news. There's a lot of stuff happening in this world. Yep. You know, where, you know, um, stuff, do, things have happened. Do you want to talk about the, uh, the, the, uh, we talk about the most recent thing that's been hitting the news right now. It's the, you know, kind of going with the whole cop situation, you know. Um, okay. So you we we want to talk about the guy from Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you know the story? Uh, repeat to me that one more time the uh the uh the black gentleman that was murdered by the uh, cop in minneapolis well, I, would, I would would you oh. say murdered or or aired he, out? no no no, that no. Was aired out that was murder okay. that was a murder that, that no, was, again i'm not defending the cop i'm just no, saying but people. that was murder like okay. if somebody's screaming like i can't breathe I can't but breathe. my thing I can't, like, I, like come on like my thing is like i want to become a cop right okay. but people have to understand anytime you have an interaction with somebody no matter where you're at in this world, you have to talk to somebody like a human being. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you are a person. No matter on the clock, off the clock, you are still a person. Mm-hmm. You have a badge, okay, but the badge only protects you for so long amount of hours in the day. Mm-hmm. You're still a human being. So 
let's say I'm patrolling the streets in Newark. Yeah. If I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to talk to you with respect. Hey, yo, Sebastian. But with authority. Yo, Sebastian. Yo, what are you doing here? You know you're not supposed to be here right now. Right? Nope. Hey, kill me. <laughs> but if I'm talking... I'm in flow, baby. <laughs> but if I'm talking to you as an officer with, some, with respect, like, yo, like, you know you're not supposed to be here, yo. You got to leave. Yeah. I'm not being confrontational. I'm not being a dick about it. Just I'm doing just, your job. I'm just like, yo, you know you can't be here. Yeah. Yo, you got to go. You got to go. Yep. We squashed that. That's it. But if I have my knee pinned down to your neck and you're screaming, I can't breathe. And I'm still just sitting there like, yeah, you know, there's three other people next to me. Come on. Okay. But my thing, I never got really the backstory. Why was he so, handled like that? So the story was that he was in the supermarket and trying to sign for a fraud check, which was the never the case. He wasn't signing for a fraud check. Okay. So they called the cops on him. The cops pretty much manhandled him. There was another cop watching him. So the cop put him down, put his knee on his neck. Another cop showed up, didn't say anything. Two more cops showed up. Nobody said anything as this dude's screaming. He's crying. He's begging for his mom at this point because he knows he's about to die. Yeah. He literally, at one point, you see in the video, he just still. Still. They were saying that he was resisting. No, so... Okay, so yes. What he said is right. It was in total it was four officers. Right. One on his legs, one on his hands, one on his neck. One on his neck. And one just standing by. Look, man, I personally it's it's I have friends who are cops. I have a lot of friends that are cops. And they always tell me it is a, a way harder field now only because of the quote unquote bad apples. But I do feel like some of that response. I've had this conversation with my friends too. Like some of that responsibility falls to you to also police your police friends. You know, you can't. I understand there's the blue code, which means that you basically look out for each other, mm-hmm. and that's what to me turns it into kind of like a gang kind of thing. Yeah. Like you're seeing your fellow officers committing murder, and you idly stand by. This man at that point, it becomes kind of like to me is like how inept are you as an officer? You have three other officers with you, and you feel the need to just to, watch to kneel on this man's neck, right? And others will watch it. You know, like how ineffective are you as an officer that even with that much backup, you feel like it's necessary to do that? But it's even crazy though, because like even like, I mean, I don't have much knowledge of, but just the basic knowledge of like the people that I grew up like knowing. Once somebody's subdued and they're in handcuffs, they're no longer a threat to themselves. Or a threat to the public, or a threat to an officer. Which I get. I mean, uh, being an officer, I'm, uh, you know, you have to be but careful. But the fact that I'm gonna just consistently put my knee into your neck on the ground. They could have been two things. They could have just put him in the car, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it, it came down to racism, honestly. It, it really did. I mean, look, they brought up they brought up a picture of him having a "Make America White Again" hat. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's all about race. Like he didn't do it by accident; it was but on purpose. Do you, but do you think though? Because I I seen like this is a to- like a topic that's kind of been going up. Do you think that most people become cops just to become a bully or continuing the bully that they've done? I look, so both. I'm 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 <laughs> like, gonna I, look. Like, it's like it's such in the air though because it's like you know what I mean. Like me personally, from my hometown, um, a a big majority of my graduating class that were. I don't want to say fuck ups, but fuck ups Oops. that literally, um, 
you know they were like the bullies they were the ones who were the most intolerable the ones who i felt should not be given that much authority given yeah. uh -huh. i do think people can grow and change of course however i continue to know them and see them interact with other people so to me when i found out that they were police officers to me it was kind of like fuck because like, i remember what kind of a piece of shit you, you were, were in high yep. school Yep. And like based on the continuity of your persona and of the patterns of actions that you take, there's not much growth. Uh -huh. But now you've been issued a gun and a badge that gives you power over other people, which is insane to me. And like some people do go into it for one, the benefits and just having that badge and having that power. Yeah. Which is insane. There, I, I, at the same time, though, I do know cops who generally are public servants who love what they do, who do see it as a service to their community, to the people that they love, to the society that they interact with. So it's a, it's hard for me to like, I don't want to say bash cops, but for me to like, you know, my Twitter feed has all been fuck 12, fuck cops, pigs this, pig but that. You know what's crazy though? Because like there's, there's individuals that I've worked with, that I work with, and you know, they'll tell you, you know they bang and whatever the case may be but they go it's not even the fact of like it's like yo if you're gonna have an interaction with me just treat me with respect because you don't know later down the line that let's say somebody's trying to fuck with you and it's like nah i know him you do something to that person and i'm gonna get you it, it's a respect thing at the end of the day it comes down to respect because you don't know whatever the case, the situation you might be in, whatever you're patrolling, whoever you run into. But I think at the end of the day, if you have a, an, a normal conversation with somebody, things can turn out a lot different. But yeah. people, because they hold a badge, it's like, nah, you can't fuck with me. You can't touch me. Yeah, man. Look, I, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, what, what? It's definitely, look, it's, it's hard for me to like look i again i'm not i don't have a horse in the race mm -hmm. you know my godfather's father my my godson's father is a officer is an officer one of my best friends is dating an officer then i have two best friends who are actually officers as well right. um it's hard for me to actually have a horse in that race but being able to actually witness that much injustice and all of this police brutality and stuff happening in the country it's and scary, like when man. i speak to them it's it's actually like it's a weird interaction because I do feel for them as officers, but I also understand the outcry from the public, you know, demanding justice because there are a lot of officers who have gotten away with murder because of that badge, because of the blue code. Or they just uh, go off to being um, on the uh, desk duty, suspended or maybe fired, yeah. but it doesn't justify whatever they did, you know? Look, man, if it's... This is why I'm scared. Honestly, this is why I'm scared of white people, man. I really am. But it's not always white people, man. It's just no, that no, 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 no. All right, how about how about okay? Let's just say this would have happened to the gentleman that was at the Central Park with the dog and the and the girl and the white woman with her dog, right? Yes. You see, you saw the way the video went down. Yeah, so, you're talking about uh, Amy Cooper. Okay, yeah, Amy Cooper. That she was trending on Twitter, and he she was basically lying, saying that she felt threatened by this yeah, African American she man. She was weaponizing her. But you Whiteness. hear, you hear yeah, exactly. She, she, she sound very privileged, and just because he was trying to just tell her, like, yo, like, put the damn leash on the dog. Simple. This is a area for uh, bird viewing, I believe. 
So the, the, that, you know, it's very scary. Like people want, people feel threatened when you're not even threatening them. You know, they yeah. just, and the majority so, of the time it's always, I'm sorry, it's always white people. So, and So the point that you're saying is what Amy, Amy Cooper was weaponizing her whiteness. Right. Right. And a lot of people say stuff like that. Like if, for example, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the gentleman that was recording, recording the video, they were saying stuff like this ends up like what happened to George Floyd. Exactly. You yeah. know, and that's the big correlation that people fail to see because they're like, maybe he was a bad officer. But we're like, no, it, it comes. It, it's, a, it's a vicious circle of the white privilege, obviously, the the sensitizing of the community because it gets to a point that people are just not really phased by this because they're like this is what they expect this is the norm yeah you know and again like for me it's very conflicting because i know a lot of good officers i have gold card you know like i, yeah, I, got I know i know too, i know a lot still. of good officers who like i said are public servants but at the same time i do know officers who use their gun and their badge as an excuse to be a piece of shit and they actually use that that privilege of being an officer and to believing that they are above the law because they are the law. Oh yeah. So I kind of want to go on a tangent because I know this has kind of been probably one of the better things. Um, the whole versus battle on IG. So artists going, Oh, the, um, <clears throat> like, let's say like from you this know, weekend, even no, just in general, like, you know, you had, I think the one that I enjoyed the most was, the uh tiny versus looney battle oh they get done better bro that was nuts then you know you had erica badu and joe scott you had um the one that i really like was uh t-pain and um who was it t-pain and um i'm drawing a blank Oof. damn i forget okay name me number uh because i know there was the nelly and Ludacris, which was the most recent one which Nelly's it wasn't, it wasn't that which was Nelly's internet was a piece of shit. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, you had uh, um, shit. Oh, T Pain and Little John. That one. That was really good. That was, was a good so one. much hitters back to back. You had Neo versus another writer, another creative writer. That one was really good too. And then you had uh, this weekend we had um, Beanie Man, right? Beanie Man versus Elephant Man. Was it Beanie Man? No. Was it? I'm pr I'm pretty sure I think it was Elephant Man. And then we also had um, Jagged Edge versus One One Two. Wow. R and B, yeah. I I heard it was good, but the audio was really bad. Like, so. what do you what do you think about that? Like the art, the artists in general, like doing little concerts for us, yeah, going back to back. It's yeah. fun because normally I don't know these artists besides well enough. What? You, like you don't know them well enough? No, no, no. I don't know what you know. How can I say? It? The only thing I really know about them is their hit song. Oh, so I'm you don't know a song. Oh, rise. so you don't know the other production. Other, yeah, I don't uh, know their other okay. stuff, and you know, I okay. just know by their hits, and that's basically as a DJ you play. You know? Okay, that makes sense then. So, but besides that, like it, it was, it was, it's cool. Like it, it's entertaining. There's nothing else to do at the house, and honestly, you get to get to know, in, um, you get to know the artist itself, and. You know, and like the and the catalog too, because there's songs, there's songs like you like you've listened to, and you go, damn, I forgot about that, <laughs> yo. Like the one I'm telling you, like the one that had me intrigued the most. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Beanie Man versus Bounty Killer. Okay, like the ones that had me intrigued the most, like that Looney and Tiny, like that Looney and Tiny re, uh, battle. I was like, yo, you think about the production, like the reg all the reggaeton hits that you've listened to house parties the ones that you dj you go damn 
And the fact that like of all the stuff that Looney's produced, Mas Flow, Mas Flow Dos, Chosen Few, all those albums, you have Tiny that's producing a lot of the Bad Bunny hits, yep. a lot of the hits now. So you can kind of see where the genres have turned to back then versus now. So like that whole like Instagram like battle thing, I think it's like entertainment. It's, it's entertaining, very entertaining. It's very it's, entertaining. It's lit. Yeah, I mean, honestly, one I really want to see. Or I don't know if you guys agree with me. I would love to see Bad Bunny and J Balvin. Even though they both have hit songs together, I want to see which one stands out the you most. You think? You think that? A- I mean, because if you think about it, though, like when Bad Bunny went live, like he had a lot of people. But my question is, what exactly are you looking to get out of that? I guess hit for hit is what he's talking hit about. Hit for hit, a song, like a battle, like you know, like like the IG the IG live versus thing. Mm-hmm. You, like we were like how like you just stepped out for a little bit, but like how artists were, like you know you had Liney, you had uh, Looney versus. No, 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 Tiny. I, I, heard, I heard the conversation. Yeah, I feel like personally they are intertwined with their careers. They have different obviously different beginnings there's a date uh, an age difference and even like bad bunny says he feels like he's an overnight hit there was obviously a lot of work behind all of that yeah but jay balvin also jay balvin's jay balvin's come up was a lot slower he started and he's now one of the most prominent stars in the country i think i mean in the world they both are yes exactly but no 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 no, no. look i i think jay, jay balvin is it's actually more? winning that on Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny it's is because Jay Balvin has, I think, a bigger catalog because Jay Balvin has like eight years on Bad Bunny, if not a little bit more. It's not so much of the catalog is the fact that the way that Jay Balvin, um, I guess, grew his career and made him more prominent to have a, a to the feel of a more steady success. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Like Bad Bunny, whenever he's referred to anything, he's like, with this, like the now star. You know, I'm not saying like a one-hit wonder or anything of that sort, but he's hot right now. Jay Balvin again because his come up was much slower and it took a lot of more work and effort. You know, you have to also realize Bad Bunny came up in the in the very digital age where him promoting himself, promoting his music, was a, a little bit easier. Yeah. You yeah. know, when Bad Bunny first started, it was the time with the flyer that you were giving out flyers era. You know what I mean? There wasn't no IG. You poll mean when, I'm sorry. You mean Jay Balvin? Jay Balvin. Oh yeah, Jay Balvin. I'm sorry. Yeah, when Jay Balvin first started, you know yeah. what I mean? He was part of that age. So I feel like they had different starts. They're both obviously huge stars in the world right now. They both went global. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't feel like there'll be a winner in that. I feel like it'll just be a really good show because everyone will vibe exactly, out to whatever what Jay Balvin does, whatever about yeah, but Bad it's Bunny like does. It's, it's track for track. You know, it's like, I would say like at least 10 rounds of who wins, who wins that. But you know, you, we got to get like, up to the winner. Yeah, it's crazy that. though because it's so hard. And like the one thing that I got, so the, like, so credit Bad Bunny for dropping a second album. What? Two months after he released his. Yeah, it was in Yo- March, I believe. Yo hago que me da la gana. There is one particular song that he didn't drop. That I want so goddamn bad to listen to is the one with Anuel that he's not gonna release. Oh, that's because they're not boys anymore. <laughs> exactly. He said no free clout. <laughs> but, but when he gave the promo for it, I was like, oh my god, like, yo. So okay. When so he who- dropped, when, so when he dropped that second album, that was the first song that I was going through the iTunes, and I was like, I'm like, yo, where's this fucking song? I didn't see it, but. 
Puta para romper, la canción de Yandel. And My favorite is uh, Como Te Siente. Como Se Siente, Jay Cortez. Remix. And the one with Nicky Jam. I like that. Yeah. But I mean, uh, besides my opinion, what would you guys like to see live? Battle, go back to back. Any Ooh. any genre or whatever you guys. Feel. I, you know what I kind of want to see? I want to see Wisin Adele versus Hector y Tito. A duos like battle because mm. they've been in a game for no. a minute. How about Alexis uh, uh, no, 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 no. You got to credit that though because they had hits, a yeah. lot of hits before or they kind of pop. Flambe, flambe, yeah. yeah. Flambe, Wisin Andel. That would be a good one. Or Nicky Jam, Daddy Yankee versus Wisin Andel. But Nicky Jam no, and Daddy Yankee. Why not? I mean, they had hits, but it, their catalog wasn't as big <laughs> as <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, no. The catalog isn't as big as like Wisin Andel, Alexi Fido, Hector y Tito. Uh, so who know. would you put against Hector Tito? I'd say Or, Wisin wait, Andel. you also have like... when we think, well, Mind you, when reggaeton was huge, huge. there was Lennox a lot of... Exactly. There was a lot of duets. So you have Rakim Kenwai, Zion Lennox, Alexis Fido, and everyone we just mentioned. It it was a it was a dope ass era though. Yeah. You have dude, those little hooky good. parties, those basement parties, Ooh, leaving yeah, fucking yeah, G yeah, marks yeah, on the yeah. walls. We'll uh, be yeah. in. It's to be fun. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see We see uh Yandel. Maybe We see Yandel versus Zion Lennox. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I'm probably reaching, but whatever. We've seen Endeavor's designing Linux would be a really good one. It would. I think it would be a good one. Just like the 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 song selections and like they have they either up at the same they time. have like sentimental re- re- reggaeton and then yeah. they have like that perreo yeah. reggaeton and like the everything in between. I think that would be a really, 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 really good one. All right. So, uh, let's see. We're we gonna wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that was pretty much it for today's episode, right? So I have one of the longer ones we've probably done yeah, in a we while. Did, we, did. we spoke a lot with this guy earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sam, we're, we're not blaming him. <laughs> Dude, the phone is better. Yeah, I tell Joe to break up this whole shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And uh, My boy wants to wrap it up. Are you going to hear us talking out here because that? My boy wants to wrap it up. He's hungry. He oh, no. We go, don't have to wrap it up. No, no, no. We're already like an hour. Yeah, in. We're, we're about like to go two almost hours two hours deep. No, 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 no. no, people probably cut off like midway already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but mostly what this podcast was about was the um, the Capella podcast, promoters, DJs, and, you know, everything that's happening in yeah. the world right I now. I mean, I think we still got a little bit. We still got a long way to go. But we can save go. that. We can save that for another episode. You know? We still got a long way to go, but I think at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, we hit a lot of topics today. Um, but let's see who can bring it. We could. Well, I gotta hit up some people see who wants to be down for this episode for the next episode. We need to get Carlito's side of this because Carlito's way. Yeah, we we, 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 we gotta get him. Get him in. Uh, he's the main reason why this whole shit started. <laughs> <laughs> Firing everybody up, man. Ooh, shit. I don't know. All right, so we'll hit him up. Uh, let's see what he says, and we'll probably get him have an interview with him here. You know, who I think you guys should have on too as well. Negative party. I feel like he needs to say his piece. Yeah. Okay. No, nah, I think he I does. No, because no, because Sebastian has a point. We could go through phone. Just because, just just because the point of like him not being able to kind of he voice. I mean, he voices opinion on his own personal, but I think just not him able to kind of speak on behalf of younger generations. You know, yeah, so, have his opinion. No, I def- definitely think we should go that route. All right. Um. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for listening to our rant. To our little venting sessions. Rant. 
This is Feel the Night Podcast with your host, DJ B-Boy. Co-host Maravilla. And special our guest? I wouldn't say special guest. Whoa. I don't know. How do you say, um, you know, you're in the show, but you're not in the show? I am not in the show. I don't know. It's, we had we spoke a lot with you. Bahamut Flow, baby. Yeah, you back-to-back, baby. Yeah, for real. I don't know, you constant. Not, we're, about to, we're about to add you to the to the intro. He said, if I don't yeah. got contract, I ain't a host. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he said, talk to me on figures, and then we talk. You might have yeah, paid yeah. that unemployment yeah. from the Ooh, BJB boy. Yeah. There's a pandemic going on, he baby. Said, I'm, he said, I pay my taxes. Yeah, we're kind of on a budget right now, so. I just yeah. All right, well, I am DJ B-Boy. You can follow me on social media at the DJ B-Boy, and be sure to check out my mixes live on this podcast, Feel the Night Podcast. Don't do that. You know? Uh, stop. And, uh, Will? Um, yeah, follow me on Instagram at DJ Maravilla. Check out this guy on Fridays, Saturdays, whenever he decides he wants to DJ. That'd be a little for late like sometime. he's marathoning for like eight hours for no fucking reason. Like but it's that. okay though. It'd be like that. Be sure to tune in on that. It's okay. All right, guys. I'm Sebastian. <laughs> El Muñeco. Jesus, follow we can't even at, fucking intro him. He wants his fucking. Follow up. me at shout Sebastian. That's Sebastian with two ends. Ooh, I'll have all the information. Some memes. I'll have all the information pictures. on the uh, <clears throat> on the description below. So be sure to check that out. All right, oh, yeah, check me out, baby. Once the pandemic opens, shots on me. Uh, Ooh, yo, just yo, screenshot serious, that. Serious, serious. Screenshot that I'm shit. I'm a man of my word. But like, yo, I heard. We should have screen record this so we can throw it to his face next time. We're gonna, oh, we're gonna hear that. Shots we're gonna, on we're gonna, me, baby. We're gonna save that. Uh, that that bit right there. So you know what? Mostly, that. mostly because I heard alcohol kills the coronavirus. So in case the girls are a little infected, don't let them shot the handy, baby. No. <laughs> That's toxicity as it's yeah, best. Bro, you got to take precautions. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much. I'm going to go cook some barbecue, some hot dogs, and some hot, uh, burgers. I'm out. B-Boy signing out. Bye, guys.